Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week, I'm joined here by Dwayne, who's actually physically right next to me. Yeah, we're live for the first time in history, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and by live, I believe we are saying that we are actually at a soccer camp. Uh, we had to extend our Diamond Soccer Camp by a week or by a day. So we are recording the podcast legitimately from the the field. I mean, it, it, that's exactly what's happening right now. We are legitimately recording from the field. Uh, so there's going to be background of noise, like background noise is going to be kids yelling and screaming because they're just having a lot of fun. They're playing capture the flag right now as we're, as we're recording this. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, you know, we've been talking about taking the podcast on the road for a while. We never really have. And now we're here and yeah, you got all the background noise. You can hear the kids having fun and it's pretty cool to kind of watch and record the podcast at the same time. Absolutely. It's absolutely crazy that we're doing that we're able to do this uh we are actually going to go live uh if i can figure out how to go live on our instagram can you even go live on instagram you, sh- you should be able to right you can go live you just gotta swipe to the left uh, oh swipe to the, the left okay all right bottom, oh live live button and you know, uh, we're live oh perfect yeah sweet oh, well we're gonna go live right now on our podcast so we're gonna we're gonna hit this checking connection all right well this is this is live podcasting right there perfect all right well we're going live with our podcast as as we are literally just here so we're we are we are doing this as as it goes we are setting up phones and and figuring out how to do things like this but we are we're doing it um all right so Duane, um outside of what's going on right now with with our camps which we'll talk that as that's happening um the olympics started yeah uh, with a bang, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, women's right with a bang. Yeah, uh, shout out to shout out to Jordan who's who's joining in into our uh, live stream. Uh, What's up, Jordan? Um, so uh, so the Olympics started. Um, the U.S. women's national team kicked off with uh, a game against Sweden. Lost. Um, I I thought they looked a little flat. Uh, I thought the changes at halftime helped. Carly Lloyd coming in for for Alex Morgan. I think helped. I'm hoping that uh, in the next game, Macario makes an appearance, uh, give a spark off the bench, and and try to do something different. So I'm, ho- I'm hoping that um, that that happens. Uh, but basically now it's just it's time to time to score some goals and win the game. Yeah, I mean you can't really sugarcoat anything. They got to score goals and they got to win. There's no, I mean yeah, there's tactics involved, but it's a win or die situation. Um, you know, for the women's national team, they're coming off that World Cup victory. So, you know, I think they're going to be the first team if they win the Olympic gold to be able to win the World Cup and then win the gold medal right afterwards. So they've got some work to do. Uh, yeah, they got some work to do. Yeah. Um, I think the other part was, so the men's national team, or the, sorry, not the men's national team, the men's draw of the Olympics started. Um, kind of an upset for me. Argentina lost to Australia. Not very happy. Questionable call uh, from a red card perspective. A second yellow given out for a discussion that two players were having before a free kick. And referee comes over, gives each player a yellow card. I don't think he realized that the Argentinian player was already on a yellow. So, boom, right before the end of the first half, um, Argentina's on 10 players. Um, what I thought was interesting, and this is the hard part about the Olympics, because it's not a FIFA-sanctioned tournament. Clubs are not required to 
to give the players to the to the countries. So what ends up happening is you have to rely on clubs wanting or allowing the players to play. So for example, Germany, out of 18 possible players plus another uh, four, so out of 22 players that you're allowed to bring, they only had um, their 10 starting field players plus another five. So only 15 out of 22 players of possibilities could actually be field players. Really? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, because it's not a FIFA sanction and it's U23 tournament, I think it becomes difficult to get the quality of players because a lot of these countries, like these major countries like Germany, France, they tap into their they tap into their uh, younger players early and develop them and get them signed. And they want them on those preseason tours with a Bayern Munich or a or a Schalke or a Dortmund. So I think it becomes extremely tough and it's kind of heartbreaking that you know they don't get to participate in the Olympics because. Even though it's not the World Cup and they don't want to take away from the World Cup, it's a really different kind of experience uh, to be able to play in and to be around those your fellow country men and women. Well, I think, yeah, being in the Olympic Village, I think adds a different level to it. Um, so, for example, uh, Maxi Arnold, who was the captain of Germany, who who's, who got a red card yesterday in the against the game against Brazil, where Brazil won 4-2, to two, um, he was the most seasoned uh national player national team player with a mat with 13 minutes like that's how much he's how much he's actually played on the national team so um 13 minutes in the national team uh which becomes tough right i mean especially when you're playing um brazil who's coming off of the Copa america with danny alves as their captain and richarlison who plays for everton who scores a hat trick 30 minutes into the game came out with a bang but uh I mean, you think about Brazil, uh, when the, the Olympics were in Rio, they had Neymar, they had some other big names, you know, playing for them. I feel like Brazil is one of those countries where, you know, they take that sense of national pride and, you know, they want their players to get a gold medal because they're, consistent, they're consistently bringing in those big name players. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's that becomes the hard part. Uh, we're going to stop our live stream of Instagram right now just because... Uh, we have campers coming back, so it's going to be a little bit crazier. But obviously, we'll still be recording the podcast. So make sure you check us out on uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Delaware Union. Uh, on Instagram, make sure you check us out uh, on at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. And for the Diamonds, it's at DE Union Diamonds on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so the other upsets or other really tough matches, I think, from an Olympic standpoint, on the men's side, uh, France beat, uh, or sorry, France lost to Mexico uh, in a four to one game. Uh, Mexico has always been very strong at the U seventeen, U U twenty, U twenty three level. Um, so that was that was a that was a big result for Mexico. Egypt tying Spain, who Spain is coming in with probably one of the deepest rosters. Um, Pedri, who has not come off the field in like a year and a half, yeah. uh, is still playing, uh, you know, played everything but like one minute of the Euros, um, and now is in the Olympics with a bunch of other, other players from Spain. Um, so they, they tied Egypt, Egypt coming out strong. Um, that's, that's Argentina's group. So that's going to be, that's gonna be hard. Um, Romania beating Honduras, uh, Japan beating South Africa. I actually watched part of that game, and I watched Kubo 
uh, score the goal against um, South Africa. If you don't know who Kubo is, uh, Kubo is a player that uh, at one point started his career Barcelona, uh, or sorry, started his career at uh, Real Madrid. He's technically in at Real Madrid. Uh, at one point went to Mallorca, then to Villarreal, to Getafe last year, and now he's at Real Madrid again. At some point, he was linked with Barcelona, uh, but very, very uh, good player. 20 years old, promising future for for Kubo. Um, the Ivory Coast beating Saudi Arabia uh, 2-1. New Zealand beating South Korea 1-0, uh, which I think was a probably a pretty big upset uh new zealand and australia both coming up with with big results and then brazil beating uh germany four to two yeah definitely interesting um i mean again it's like a march madness tournament right it's like those mid-major teams in march madness upsetting taking down the goliaths like the spains the germany's the england's yes the france's but again they're at a disadvantage because their players go to these top clubs so early in their careers so it's tough to get them you know, into these situations like this because it's not a sanctioned tournament. Yeah. Um, and I think that becomes a hard part. Um, so now, so... I think it would be interesting if the U.S. did make the Olympic tournament, who would we be talking about that wouldn't be able to go? You know, like, would a Brendan Aronson get released? Would a Mark McKenzie get released? You know, Pulisic, arguably, would he get released? So it would be, it'd be interesting from a U.S. perspective. Um, I think that's the difficult part too, is that we're relying on our youth and a lot of our youth are playing at these top clubs too, which again, hurt us in qualifying. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's where you see a little bit, and maybe that's part of the future planning of the, of the U S and the men's side with the, with how we're, how they're doing the gold cup roster because being completely different, except for Sebastian Legette, who is, who is going to stay forever. Um, but Sebastian Legette being really the only one and everybody else pretty much being a different a different person for the most part um which again the u.s made it through the next round um you know i thought that you know beat canada on a pretty tight game um yeah you score 20 seconds in and you never score again that's, yeah <laughs> it's like that euro final of uh liverpool and tottenham a couple years ago yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. if you watch the first 30 seconds of the game you missed the game you missed it yeah um, so now going into going into the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup, you got Qatar playing El Salvador, Mexico playing Honduras, and then that's tomorrow, uh, Saturday. And then you got the U.S. playing Jamaica, and you got Costa Rica playing Canada. Um, so, so obviously, the question is when did Qatar and El Salvador ever play? Because I don't remember hearing anything or seeing anything on TV about any of them playing. Well, I mean, they, well, they yeah, like the Gold Cup has kind of weirdly been like. Now I think like the, the Olympics started. I think the the Gold Cup was uh was what what was being used for the first like uh the first the first like three or four days after the the Euros ended and the Cup America ended as a placeholder. Now that the Olympics started, back burner, back seat, back burner. Yeah, back seat. Uh, see you later. We don't really don't really need you right now. Um, ultimately until the finals come up in in August, the first day of August, August first is. So next week it will be the well the gold cup will be done and then we'll just have the Olympics for a couple more days and then that'll be it. So, um, so one of the topics that has come up I think between Copa America, Copa Libertadores, Euros, Gold Cup, and all these things has been um, VAR. Uh, and I texted you the other day. I thought 
I, in general, am not very happy with VAR. Um, I think, at least from a South American standpoint, I think VAR is kind of all over the place. Um, it doesn't, there's very little clarity as to what gets called, what doesn't get called, um, where the consistency is. Um, as far as I knew, if it was an offside call, the, the referee did not have to go and look at it. Um, that was something that was done internally with the VAR and the VAR would just say that goal is offside because it's computer generated, uh, where that line gets drawn, but in a Boca Juniors game, um, against Atletico Monero, um, Boca Juniors <laughs> twice in one week, uh, VAR called goal back that the first one last week, uh, called back for a supposedly push, uh, which, um, so the the goal gets the whole goal the goal happens. Um, referee says it's a valid goal. Uh, is urging the players from Minero to play, and they're refusing to kick off. Um, the head VAR referee says we're good to go, play, play, play. Uh, but since they're still arguing, not wanting to play, the second VAR referee, uh, after five to ten minutes, says, uh, "Hold on, I think there's something that we should look at." So you're just looking for things, and if when you review something long enough, guess what yeah, you're gonna do? You're gonna find, you're gonna find what you're looking for, you're right? Tick for tack. I think that a um, couple of things there, like if players are refusing to play, you need to start card, yellow cards, right? Yes. And if you're sitting on a yellow card and you're refusing to play, sorry, you got to get sent off because I think that's just, you know, you're trying to manipulate the game. All right. So uh, while we're in the middle of camp and we took a little bit of a break to deal with with some field things, uh, we decided that we should bring in the person that is kind of running the camp alongside me. Uh, one of our team captains for the Diamonds, uh, Katie Cordell is on the podcast. Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Talk louder into the microphone so that way the people at home can actually hear you. What's this? A screen? Yeah, it's just a screen. Okay. Hi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can also move that. Yeah. It just moves around. There you go. That's the front of the microphone right there. Boom. There By the way, Katie is not a communications major. Yeah, I'm not very tech savvy. Katie, what are you majoring in? Biochemistry. And, and, uh, sorry, I should have asked you this first. Which, uh, what college are you currently attending? I go to Rowan University. Cool. Are you involved in any activities at Rowan? Yeah, I'm on the women's soccer team, and I'm also in the pre-health committee. And you and what's really interesting about Katie and one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on, Katie is one of the most responsible young adults I've met in a very long time. Because uh, Katie, count count off for us how many jobs you actually have as a person. In the spring, at one point, I had five. Now, if you count camp this week, I have three. Usually two. This week she picked up a third job. Yeah. <laughs> just for fun. Just for fun. Add, just for adding some time into your life. I think I'm at a total of like 50 hours of work this week, maybe a little more. And and you still came to practice. Yeah, of course. There you go. Yeah, she almost does uh, double the amount of work I do. All right, so Katie, let's let's talk a little bit about you growing up. Uh, so you grew up in Middletown. Yes. Uh and you grew up playing at Penn Fusion. Yes. All right. So how was your soccer experience? What are some of the fun soccer memories you had that you remember? In 2015, we went to California twice. That was probably my favorite trip. And we also went to Seattle one time. That was fun. And then Florida every year, down by Disney. Okay. 
how is uh how would you consider your recruitment process because i know that's a topical conversation that we we talk about on the podcast quite a bit um because we bring in a lot of college coaches but how is your recruitment process and why did you ultimately end up choosing rowan the recruitment process is really stressful honestly sending all the emails and writing letters it was not fun and I went back in my Yahoo account for some reason and looked at some of the letters a few months ago, and I did not write them well. So if anyone needs help writing them, I'll help you format it. Or, like, you should always have a professional signature at the bottom of your email with, like, your name. And you should put a picture, too, like a small picture of you. That way they see your face so they can connect a face to a name. So if anyone needs help, I can help you with that. Where can we find you if they need help? Uh, yeah you can you can uh send an email or contact sebastian and he can put us in touch yeah that's fine either that or bike line just, yeah or just show up to bike line i'll be there mondays and wednesdays <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's i think that's major what you said about the uh the recruitment emails because i think you know as a professional young professional myself i get a lot of emails where things aren't capitalized where things aren't spelt right and in the grand scheme of things if you don't you know, the person has good intentions, but if you can't capitalize the beginning of a sentence, I don't know that I want you, you know, in my environment or working for me because that it's the little things that matter, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know that you care about the little details because ultimately if you're going to be doing something, it's the little things. Like we know you can take care of the big picture, but the little things matter. Mm-hmm. Or you or you get the text message that was copied and pasted that was apparently sent to, was supposed to be sent to a parent. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I accidentally sent it to you. Oh, yeah. my bad. Or you forget, you know, you, I mean, again, don't reinvent the wheel. You can send the same message to a coach, but, you know, make sure you proofread that Yeah, message change the name. Change the name. You know, you don't want to say, hey, Coach Sebastian. Dear sir or madam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say, hey, Coach Sebastian from, you know, Beedling Soccer Club. And Coach Sebastian works at Delaware Union. And it's like, well, that's an easy delete. And then you kind of sure. shut that door. Yeah, um, you know, I do have my Yahoo messages, and I do go back and laugh. I was joking with a couple of players a couple weeks ago about some of the messages I sent because, as you look back at it ten years later, your grammar and your knowledge is mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. better. Yeah. Um. So, so what are you majoring at, Rowan? Uh, biochem. And with the ultimate goal? To go to med school, to hopefully. Go to, to go to med school. <laughs> that's right. Um. What's the What's the balance like? doing biochem because i imagine you take a lot of science labs Mm -hmm. you know probably a lot of extra studying and then also being on the pre-health committee and also playing on the soccer team how's that like work life balance it's good i play at a d3 school so there's a lot more time than other places where it's d1 so we have a, a lot longer off season we have less training in the spring and in the fall, we don't go in as early for preseason. Our preseason is only like 13 or 14 days, where some of the Division One schools have already gone back, and theirs is like two months. But I think it's really not that hard to balance it, but you do have to sacrifice. If you want to balance soccer and academics, you have to sacrifice your social life a little bit. You're not going to be able to go out and have fun like everyone else on your team is. But that's kind of a, a decision you have to make. 
I mean, I think ultimately at the same time, it's just you just prioritize that time in your life to focus on the academics. So then at some point in the future, you'll have the ability to do all those other things. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, with that major, I mean, it'll pay off when you start making those dollars. When, those dollars, when, <laughs> yeah. that, when that second account hits. During orientation, the dean said it'll be a lot more fun to party with thousands of dollars in the future <laughs> than to buy $20 to party with now that's right <laughs> that last 20 dollars for the weekend you have to hit up mom and dad and yeah <laughs> hey by the way i spent that 20 dollars i was for emergencies <laughs> <laughs> that's right um so um so you played in the diamonds over the summer you were one of the two team captains that we had how was that experience like it was really fun actually i kind of like i think it made me like soccer again i went through a period where it was like i wasn't enjoying it and i just wasn't sure if I wanted to play, but I had a lot of fun this summer. Good. And you actually, you and I had got to coach together this spring. I thought that was a really cool moment. I think I've spent the last uh, the last three or four months uh, once a week asking you if you were sure you were <laughs> wanted to go back to school. <laughs> if at this point, you know, listen, just your senior year, might as well just drop out now and just become a soccer coach. Full-time. Full-time. Full-time <laughs> soccer coach. Uh, making less than part-time money. Just come out and just... <laughs> hey, you cut those 50 hours a week down a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pick up a few more hours on the soccer field. You can... You, listen, if you wanted to have... If at any point you regretted losing out in your social life, you can get it back. <laughs> um, but how was, how was the... How was the transition this spring to coaching into them playing? Because um, you got to coach at a bunch of different things in our club. You got to work in the Discovery Program with our youngest players. Uh, then you got to work with two of our teams, but primarily you were the 2010 team. Um, I think you got really close with that group mm-hmm. uh, in general, which I thought was was really cool because a lot of those players um, looked up to you. They developed a really good relationship with you, with you, and then they come and got to watch you play uh, for the Diamonds, which I think is really cool. But how was that experience like? Because I think it might. I mean, I know you did some coaching in Jersey, but you know, how was that experience? It was good. I really liked coaching. I, I agree, I got close with the 2010s, and I was sad to stop it in the spring, but I did see a few of them at camp this week, which was fun because I miss them. And whenever I see them around the fields, they always say hi, which is cool. So, um, Do you feel like there was, especially that first game, when there's a lot of people uh, uh, here watching, um, do you feel like that kind of, to a certain extent, started closing the loop a little bit on the on the full circle soccer experience? Yeah, it was cool to see the younger players there since some of, since I got to go to their games and now they're coming to my games. It was fun to support each other. Um, all right, so I mean, they, they, kind of, they kind of get to see you walk the walk, right? You mm-hmm. do all that coach and say, oh, I can do this, I can do that, but then they finally get to see it. <laughs> hey, I won the crossbar challenge yesterday, you did first win the shot. crossbar challenge, first shot. <laughs> my Katie, campers got snack break first. That's right, Katie dropped the mic, walked away, <laughs> and we are all sitting there two or three shots later, still, having to, still trying to hit the crossbar. Um, well, we're look, it looks like we're in the middle of a, of a break, so we, we have some we're camp. At a, we're at a cooling break for the uh, Diamonds camp. So at some point, might we might hear some different people coming in and out. Um, so that's that's actually pretty fun. Um, they're actually all being relatively quiet, which is pretty interesting. Very respectful. Very, Very respectful, respectful kids, and I think that's a true testament to the camp counselors, uh, Maddie and Natalie and Audrey. Uh, junior, junior camp counselor Gracie and Ty. And- yeah, we hold them to a high standard. Yeah, I love. I love We're gonna start bringing the microphones up more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
Uh, well, Katie, what advice would you give the younger players that uh, that you got to coach this spring um, as they are now starting to see? Because I've, I've had these conversations with certain players, but some of them start to get the, pl- the pressure from, from parents at 11 or 10 years old and of the idea of like, well, in the future, you know, you want to play college soccer, you want to play high school soccer, you want to do all these things. Uh, looking back throughout your, your soccer career, what advice would you give them now? Just have fun. If you're not having fun, you're not going to be able to sustain it, and you're not going to... If your parents want you to play college soccer and they're putting all this pressure on you, then you're not going to have any fun, and there's no way that you're even going to last that long playing soccer to even go to college and play soccer. So parents lay off it a little bit and just let them have fun. That's right. I think that's a big part, too. I know, like like you said, like the parents put you under pressure. They want you to be the best. They want their kids to... You know, be the next Alex Morgan or Christian Pulisic. But again, if you're not having fun, then you're gonna get burnt out. There's no mm-hmm. point in it, you know, really playing. I think we see that sometimes too with some of the talented players. They drop off. You say, well, what happened to them? And it's like, you know, I'm out here with a personal trainer six days a week. You know, running six miles a day. And it's like this isn't really what I want to do. I just want to have fun. Yeah. All right, well, Katie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we're going to close up camp, and then Dwayne and I will close up the podcast. So thanks so much for coming on. I know you were a little nervous. <laughs> I, had to, I had to really ask you a bunch of times to do this. You're welcome. All right. After taking a little bit of a break uh, in our camp to get all the kids to leave, uh, we are now back. Uh, this is going to be a weird episode. It's going to be like jumping from place to place. Uh, which I'm okay with. I think that's that's part of uh, that's part of the life of a soccer coach, right? It's not always perfect. It's not always exactly how you had it drawn up and planned in your head. Uh, it sometimes gets a little messy, right? Yeah, you got to adapt on the fly, right? Like, um, you know, we had the kids come in for a hydration break. You know, we had to kind of close out our interview with Katie Cordell just because we knew that there would be crowd noise. And then, again, camper safety, making sure, you know, kids got home safely. They were picked up on time, you know. They were well accounted for. No kids are out wandering around the streets of Middletown. That's uh, right. Leaving our camp. And now our grass is getting mowed as we are finishing up our podcast. Taking care of the facilities, you know. And, you know, if you're out here listening and, you know, want to know about our soccer camps, you know, be sure to check out our webpage, uh, DelawareUnion.com, and uh, go to our tab for the camps. I believe we have... uh, Two camps left. Two camps left. We have our traveling and finishing camp coming up August 2nd through 5th. Yep. And then we have one more half-day or full-day camp coming up. The 9th through the 12th. The 9th through the 12th. So be sure to check those camps out because, I mean, we had good numbers today. We've had good numbers at all of our camps, and, you know, it's good for the kids to get out and socialize again. That's right. They Who knows? They might even be a, have a chance to be in a podcast. You know, we, we might bring the kids out. I know a couple kids were asking. We'll get some waivers filled out and maybe do some kid interviews. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. That Just like it. that uh, Nickelodeon NFL uh commentator yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well listen we've experimented with live streaming our uh, our games this summer so that could be a potential for something different that we do we do some uh some broadcasting classes hey i I mean i have a couple players in mind and maybe they could broadcast one of the games for the traveling and finishing camp yeah that's true yeah that we could do that that'd be kind of cool uh all right so uh moving on to the player of the match uh my player of the match goes to katie audrey nat maddie tyla des and Gracie uh, for helping out the camp. Uh, you know, Dwayne brought this up earlier, but it's it's really cool to to, to have the players from the Diamonds, and and then we have uh, we had Gracie who was helping out, who's who's trained with with Mo and Caroline, and also kept stats 
for us in the Diamonds. Uh, we had Natalie, who is a former player at Delaware Union, and is going to be joining our coaching staff this coming season, um, coming into the camp. And then, obviously, uh, Katie, um, Madison, Maddie, and Tyler were all in the, uh, on, on the Diamonds. Uh, so a big shout out to them for for being a part of the staff, and then Audrey, who is part of our, uh, we can call it juniors diamonds, mini diamonds, younger Audrey's, diamonds. Audrey's everywhere we need her, man. Yeah, you need a player, you can call, always count on Audrey to be there. That's right. Yeah, she can take the corner kicks. Uh, she can uh, she can play anywhere in the field. So uh, just really happy to have them on board. Um, I'm always I've always been a big believer of of finding a way for players to be able to give back. Um, make a little money for for themselves as well because they 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 definitely put the work in um so getting getting rewarded for that but at the same time i think it's it closes the it closes that loop you know from player to coach uh so they watch you play now they've they've been they've been coached by you you watch them play as well uh i think just things really exciting um brings out a different personality it makes you appreciate and see the game from a different perspective um so it's really cool and I, and they took the leadership of the camp you know i've been here all week but at the same time i told them from the beginning this was your camp you know they're they're the ones that are responsible for for a lot of it i'm here to just kind of ha- help you and guide you and and put some of the structures together but ultimately you're going to run it and they they took the ball with it and 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 ran you know they they managed all of it they, the kids had a blast they had a, they had a really good time um maddie and des had the youngest group with gracie and they came up with 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 a new thing called toilet tag or something like that. So they 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 had a they had all kinds of fun. Um, so I very... have to get them on the podcast to kind of describe what toilet tag toilet is. Toilet tag is uh, I could go a couple different ways. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I from know Soccer Dan was on here, he would have something so, funny to say. So from what I saw, uh, it was basically if you got tagged, you had to take a knee and you had to put your arm up. And the order way the only way you could be untagged was. If somebody like flushed your arm down. Oh, okay. So it didn't involve toilet paper. It didn't involve. No, 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 no. no. Basically, if you were, if you were, if you were tagged, you were a toilet and someone had to flush you to be able to be back on or something like that. So definitely a new take on something I had no idea about. So, uh, I, I love the fact that they came up with that game. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, all right. Who's your player of the match? My player of the match is going to go to, uh, Marley Francois. Um, nobody probably knows who Marley Francois is. So, uh, Marley Francois is a player who plays for uh, Bristol City, which is in the uh, championship in the lower levels of England. Um, so they're playing a friendly against Portsmouth the other day, and he switched into a Portsmouth jersey because Portsmouth ran out of players due to injury. And uh, he subbed on for Portsmouth, plays against the team he started the match for, and scored a goal to equalize the game 3-3 um, against his... I wouldn't even call it former team. His uh, team, current team, his current team. So uh, probably a first player in history to score against his current team while actually playing for the team and not being on loan. So on purpose, on purpose. So that's um, my player of the match, Miley Francois. What you, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that like what a what a cool like talk about like how that can double up on the fair play too, right? Yeah. Um, just on the idea that you just like you're taking it for what it's worth, right? Like, why would you want the other team to play down and not give you as much of a contest, right? Right. Like, I mean, we, we, we see that at the recreational level where we ask, yeah. you know, you know it, those are the times where you see, like, maybe five kids showing up and the other team may have 10, and we say, hey, you know, throw some pennies on and let's just get the kids playing. But to see that at the professional level is uh, interesting, and it kind of shows, like, you know, how we've been 
adaptable and flexible to the situations ever since the pandemic. Because I don't know that you see this if we never saw this COVID pandemic of people like teams being flexible and seeing this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think I think it does bring out the good in people, and I just hope that there's more of it. Because like I know, like I know for a fact that like I don't know, you catch me in the wrong day of South American soccer. And I might tell you, you know, tough luck, man. Like, that sucks for you. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see Real, Mad- Real Madrid and Barcelona line up before a game and count off kids one, two, one, two, one, two, <laughs> one, two. You're not going to see that. Like, we're not going that far. But, I mean, it's a lower level division. You know, they kind of understand where they are. They're not, you know, the Arsenals or the Chelsea's. They're, you know, developing or working to get themselves to the top. And, hey, the guy just needed some game minutes, right? right. It's the 101st minute. You haven't touched the field. I got to get in somehow. Whatever you want, coach. Yeah. So don't be surprised if Portsmouth uh, tries to buy him soon. <laughs> um, by the way, off like quickly, quick tangent on the fact that you said Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, we kind of skipped on the fact that like Barcelona and Real Madrid played a classics like Legends game or something like that in Israel, right? Yeah, they did. They did. Um, Do you remember the score? Three two. Three two. Real Madrid won. Very upsetting. Very yeah. upsetting. Uh, now, granted, Ronaldinho did play. Ronaldinho did score a goal. Um, so very, very cool. Very happy about that part of it. Um, so some of the some of the people that played, uh, Figo was there. Raul was there. Um, <laughs> Roberto Carlos was there. Uh, I think at some point, at one point, uh, Figo made fun of Roberto Carlos and told them like, "Oh, you can take a picture like with a mascot <laughs> to a kid and." Pointed out Roberto Carlos because he was this thought like he was like Roberto Carlos is not known for being the tallest player in the world. Right. Um Roberto Carlos did try to take that like his like signature free kick like straight into a ball from like 30 yards away, like where he's running 15 yards to try to kick the ball. He did try to do that. Um and the then is, the keyword is try there. He tried. I don't think the ball left the ground though. Uh Ronaldinho played, uh Saviola played. Um so yeah, I mean, pretty pretty cool stuff. Um and it just seemed like it was a good event. Um, I know that the idea of of um, I know that in Argentina it's called the senior it's called the seniors, um, but basically this idea of starting to play um, beyond your professional Before days, beyond your glory days. Yeah, I mean, I say I say why not, right? Like ultimately, like listen, there are a lot of people that play pickup soccer that shouldn't probably not be playing pickup soccer. So if you had any sort of resemblance of a professional player at some point in your life. Why not play in your 40s or your 50s, you know? Um, I think that, you know. I, tell, tell you what. You give me you give me a league where on every other week or every other month or whatever, I get a chance to see Ronaldinho, Figo, Roberto Carlos, Saviola, uh, and Raul play on the field. You can take my money right now. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I think Ice Cube is onto something with the big three league with basketball. Right. Like, I think I've been watching that for the past couple of weeks. It's de- definitely developed into like a long-standing league where you take guys that are older, your Ronaldinho's who kind of aged out of being professionals, and you take your guys that you know maybe hit their peak in their teen years and just you know, you know life challenges and other injuries may have derailed their career and they had to end early. And you know it's a slower-paced game, but it's still competitive. I think that you know maybe there's a big six in soccer or something like that. You know, I don't I don't know that that's too far off in the future but you know maybe traveling the world and being able to see some of these players in different markets you could be on to something because i know yeah in, in argentina or south america they had this thing called the show ball 
uh, which is indoor. Um, Maradona played in it, and it was uh, it was five v five indoor with walls and all this other stuff, which was interesting. But I, I there's something about playing outside that I think on a field. Well, I, I um, think that's I think you gotta you gotta keep it you gotta keep the game the game. Yeah, right? you can't try to alter the rules and do all this other stuff like. Definitely got to make a smaller pitch. It can't be a no. 110 by 75 or 85 no. yard pitch. It can't be big. Listen, we'll volunteer Middletown Village anytime Ronaldinho wants to come out here. Yeah, I think you do like a 99 side field and you maybe go 6v6 or something like that. Maybe, you know, if you shoot the ball from a certain area of the field, it counts for more goals so you can see some more trick shots or something right. like that. Remember yeah. those? Do you remember those, uh, those old uh, Nike commercials? There was a commercial that uh, Cantona did. There was a Jogo Bonito commercials, but there was one in like a boat jail or something like that. And uh, and they had to play like 3v3 or 5v5 soccer and like this little like indoor like jail boat like field thing. And they had to shoot it into this like little small little chain net. Um, those commercials were really fun. Yeah. I, w- I would say recreate that commercial with those players nice. now. And see what happens. That would be really cool. If you have now no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Google or YouTube, um, uh, uh, boat Nike commercial, or you know, uh, look for any of the Jogo Bonito uh, commercials or things like that. Those things were really cool. Uh, there's one in the airport too that Brazilian national team did that was pretty cool. Um, all right, we're gonna move on this day in history. Okay, on this day in history. Uh, July 23rd, 1966. Okay, so 1966 uh, was uh, uh, a World Cup year. All right, so um, so Jeff Hurst, uh, former um, England national team player, uh, replaced the injured Jimmy Graves uh, in the England game against Argentina in the quarterfinals of the World Cup at Wembley. Um, so he scores the goal, right? Jeff Hurts scores the uh, scores the goal. Um, Argentinian captain at that point in 1966 World Cup was Antonio Ratin. Um, he got thrown off, and the uh, uh, the England manager Alf Ramsey uh, got so mad in general about the game that at the end of the game decides to not allow his players. And there's a famous picture of him like standing in the middle two players trying to like rip the jersey apart so that way they don't exchange jerseys. Did not want them to um to exchange jerseys and ended up calling the Argentinian players animals. Mm. So um interesting. Interesting yeah. That's interesting because yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. I mean wasn't that the last time that uh England won the World Cup? Nineteen sixty six. Yep. Yeah. When that when they said it was coming home? Uh yeah. And it went away to Italy. <laughs> it, went, it went east. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so July 23rd, 1966. Obviously, England would go on to win the World Cup that year, but it's just an interesting... Um, again, I still think in this in this mentality that we we have um, that it's, everything's a competition and everything, which is it's just fine, and you can be competitive in the game, but it's, to me, as soon as the whistle blows, you move on and you think about something else. Um, I think the Copa America final taught us that. You know, Neymar sitting with, with Messi and... Um, putting the the game aside and just looking at their friendship in general as two players and Messi asking the Argentinian players not to sing any chance against Brazil. Right. Um, which I think is a, is a big thing. Well, I think, I think now again with that, with the pandemic and everything we've gone through, um, you know, just having that brotherhood and just, you know, it's big, it's bigger than just the game. Like the Copa America, you know, it brought 
you don't know how many people it brought together and just they, they got to sit down as a family maybe for the first time a year and over a year to watch the game and things like that that's right i also think that the england manager probably set a curse on uh <laughs> like, you know that curse of the bambina they talk about probably a curse on the england national team so <laughs> that that could be uh part of the reason why they haven't won a national or any type of major championship that's why uh, that's why yeah that's exactly why i might be <laughs> Might be onto something there. It's the Alf Ramsey curse. The Alf Ramsey curse. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> from England call me and tell me I'm wrong, but or maybe call me and tell me I'm right and give me a million dollars. But that could be the reason why you guys haven't won anything. <laughs> that Alf Ramsey curse. Gotta get over. It. You know what they need you to do is just do a. Uh, so apparently, Italy and Ar- Argentina are trying to figure out the, a way to set up a match. Uh, they're trying to figure. Out, they're trying to use Maradona as the as the like as the conduit for it. Uh, so there's like memorial, like oh, you know, Maradona um, memorial match or whatever. But basically, trying to go Copa America, Euros uh, champions, just come up with some sort of like ultimate Super Cup champion or whatever. Super. So anybody. So they take the Gold Cup champion, the, the Copa America champion. And... But isn't that supposed to be the Confederations Cup? That's the Confederations Cup, right? Uh, I mean, essentially, that's what it was. Yes, that is what the Confederations Cup. Was. And that's supposed to be this year because it's supposed to be a year well, before the World the, Cup. They got rid of the Confederations Cup. They got rid of it. They got rid of the Confederations Cup at the 2017. Oh, oh well, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, well, that's what the uh, Nations League replaced. But the Nations League is only in UEFA. That's why they. That's why all the confederate or the confederations. <laughs> and it's kind of a tablet. That's why the Confederations came up with those like leagues to play more competitive games because the Confederations Cup. Hmm. Well, go- so maybe now I am in favor of this Argentina Italy game. Yeah, that's the the Confederations Cup kind of died because even if you won the Gold Cup, if it wasn't in a year that the Confederations Cup was coming up, it really didn't mean anything. That's fair. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know the Gold Cup played every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not played that year before. It doesn't no, that's really fair. Mean anything. So, yeah, they went to the UEFA Nations League, so they just had more competitive matches with value. And the individual European confederations could get some more money off the TV money. <laughs> that TV money, man. So that's why you see that, uh, like, the Nations League and UEFA Nations League. I don't know if South America does anything special. <laughs> no, no. The no. Oceanic Nations League. And- no, there is no Comibol Nations League. That would yeah. be an absolute joke. Yep. Um, okay, interesting. All right, well, fair play of the week. Um, my fair play of the week goes out to um, all the people. It all, all the healthcare workers in Argentina that have to put up with all the nonsense that all these clubs do. Like, so Boca Juniors was uh, after their debauchery of a game that they had last week or on on tuesday night they got into a fight with the police officers inside the stadium started throwing things it was an absolute nightmare they spent 10 hours at the police station couldn't like leave and now they're like they they're trying to say that they left their bubble or didn't leave their bubble and all this other stuff anyways uh my fair play of the week goes out to all the healthcare workers and all the people that have to put up with the nonsense that these silly people do uh just because they like i get it listen i'm upset as upset as anybody else and i do think that at some point there's there's a bigger thing going on but at the same time it's a game when after the game's over you move on you find something else to do there's no reason to resort to violence or any other nonsense and also considering that now will you put yourself in danger of because there's bigger things at play um so my mine my fair play of the week goes all to all the argentinian people that have to put up with all this 
nonsense. When the game's over, get in your car, go to the pub, or go home. Right. <laughs> yeah, go home. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, my fair play of the week is going to go out to uh, Sebastian and uh, Rob Joshua um, last night, helping me out, working on my D license topic. You know, giving me some feedback because they both have been able to uh, go through the D license and just kind of give suggestions and feedback as possible. Because you know it's coming up tomorrow, and you know I feel confident in it. But again. We step on the field and you know there's there's pressure on and all eyes are on you and you're being observed. You know, you kind of get those those nerves even though you're confident in what you're doing. So big shout out to you guys for all the feedback and support. Thanks, man. You're going to you're gonna do great. You're going to do great. I think I, I know it's, it's a nerve-wracking experience sometimes just because no one likes to be put in the spotlight, really. Um, but you're going to be fine. You're, you're, more than, you're more than prepared for, for this. So you're going to be just fine. Um, all right, well, I mean, we just recorded our first episode, A, right next to each other, like physically right next to each other, uh, and B, outside of our, our prospective houses. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I kind of like recording outside. It's a lot better. Um, it's nice. I definitely will bring a more comfortable chair <laughs> next time, um, which is not prepared. Maybe I'll bring the futon out of the basement up, <laughs> record on the futon. Um, no, but it's, it's definitely nice. The weather's great. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not doing anything today, make sure you get outside, play some soccer, go not, out for a run, ride a bike. Not a middle, don't come to Middletown Village. No, Middletown Village is a private facility. It's um, closed. <laughs> it's closed. So if you do need to use the fields, please email fields at DelawareUnion.com for right. permission to use the fields. That's right. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.